Thank you for tuning in to the Living Truth Church podcast. We're glad that you're here. If you'd like more information about Living Truth, you can check out our website at livingtruthchurch.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, but the best way to connect with us is through our Living Truth Church app, which can be found in any app store. Now for a message from the Word of God. We hope that God uses this teaching to impact your life. Good morning. Don't let that sound of water in the background, Lil. You just sleep this morning. All right. Can't have that. Uh, I, uh, she doesn't want me to make a big deal out of it, but y'all welcome my wife back to church. So I could not not say something. All right. Glad that she could make it and be here today. Continue praying for her. Um, so um, I did this each, God had me do this. So look, so you got these bulletins. Y'all, y'all get one of these when you come in, come in the door, grab one. I mean, it's got a place where you can take notes, all that. And our young ladies told you about the connect card, you know, uh, that fill out if, if something's going on in your life, you need to make the next, uh, you know, next step, take the next step in your spiritual walk. But, but um, we're as a church, we live in a community, right? Right? <laughs> Trick question. Uh, and, and so... God just said, you know, we need to be involved in the community. And, and so I want you to take the Connect card. A lot of y'all responded last week. I may never ever do this again, so don't ask me to do it. This is kind of God things. But so you'll take the Connect card, pull it, put it on there. And, and we've got like a fire department here, the volunteer fire department. They need help. So if you're a person in this community and you'd like to help with that, fill out a card, write fire department, volunteer, and put it in the... Here's what I'm telling people. You can put it in one of these offering plates up front in the middle of the boring part of the sermon. That's for you, Pat. Uh, or you can t- put it in the one on the way back, on the way out, okay? Uh, or we have a, th- there's a group called Bridges Out of Poverty. We, you know, we, you know, I was with that group when they first started in this community, helping people get out of poverty men- mentally. It's a mental thing. You know, that's why it's generational poverty. And so we need, I was an original board member, then one of our guys has been that, and he's been on a few years, and he needs to get off that board. And so we need maybe to get somebody, if you're interested in getting to be a part of that, it, sign it, doesn't say you're going to do it necessarily, but you're interested, just write poverty on there, and we'll, we'll follow up with you. Uh, fostering or adoption, uh, those things, write that down there. We've got some groups we'll connect you with and the church is involved with. Also, Life Options Clinic, uh, Pro-Life uh, if you're like, you know, just write pro-life on here and just say you'd like to maybe be involved with the community as, as, as uh, adjunct part of our church, uh, if we could do that. So, all right, say right, right, if you understood that. All right, so we're, hey, it's important that we love on people in the community the other six days a week, right? And, they, and that's part of what we do. We are a part of the community. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We trust you. We are totally dependent on you, God. To We're reading out of Revelation this morning. We need your help. Help us, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So uh, somebody showed me the back of their Bible this morning. It's, it tells us that Revelation, it, how it ends, it says that uh, the great one wins or something like that. Well, okay. That's why I haven't studied it a whole lot deeply in my life because I, I just know that we win in the end and, those, and I know that Revelation 6 through 19, I'm, I'm going to be in a good, advantage point, uh, a good vantage point for that, uh, but we're going through it. And so maybe uh, you need to hear from what God has to say this morning. So that's where we're at and we'll be in Revelation 8 and 9 today. So up to this point... And by the way, all these messages are on our podcast, Living Truth Church app, and places like that if you want to catch up. But 
Uh, up to this point, we have seen a lot of stuff happening in heaven and on earth. Uh, but, but let's just go to heaven. Heaven, there's a lot of loud worship going on. It is going crazy, man. I mean, they are, I mean, angels are worshiping. Those who have been redeemed are worshiping. Uh, chanting, singing, a lot of glory, hallelujahs going on. A lot of marvelous looking creatures. And just, wow, it's just amazing. Uh, and then we get to Revelation 8, verse 1. It says, when the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. So it's loud, boisterous, things happening. And then we get this holy vacuum from the noise of worship. It's like the worship just it's like this holy gasp. This brief time of silence reveals an anticipation of the Lord's impending judgment. You remember that time, maybe you're as a child like me, you remember when mom said, just wait till your dad gets home. Said, just home. The impending judgment, right? That's not a good feeling. And let me, uh, so I guess some of y'all are younger here. You know when your mom or dad said you're going to have to go to timeout. <laughs> anyway, not a good feeling. It's about to get real. Verse 2. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. So the Lord, he's given them time to think about these things. Before his next move, they need to seriously consider their next move because judgment is coming. It's important for you. This little connect card thing that we have, you know, it's important you consider your next steps before God considers his next steps. He's introducing some judgments that have limited scope, but ultimate destruction is on the way. It's the storm, it's the storms before the ultimate storm. And Ezekiel, he gives some insight to this in Ezekiel 33, one through six. I'm gonna read that. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man uh, from among them and make him their watchman. And if he sees the sword coming on the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, that if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood should be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning, his blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if a watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes one of them, that person is taken away in his own iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. The trumpets are warnings. You know, out in the Midwest, they have, they have these tornado sirens, right? Around here on the Gulf Coast, for hurricanes, we have the Weather Channel. You know, they're both meant to be warnings. Hey, it's coming, it's coming. One's like, you better, you know, and the other one, you got time, and yet we still lollygag around, right? The watchman warns of the judgment 
by the word of the Lord. Remember, in our study, where we're at in the scripture right now, the church is gone. They're not on earth. They've been raptured. They're in heaven. So the going, the going ons of earth is going on without the church here. So all we can do, church, is what we do today. You see, the rapture could come today. It could. It could come next week. It could come. And I just want to tell you, if there's some people that you need to talk to about Jesus, you need to do it now. Because we read last week that God will send a strong delusion. And I don't know if those people, I don't, I don't know their chances. Share the gospel today. You see, you've got some people that you know, I don't know them. As far as I can know in my heart, the people that I know that are around my, my little circle, I, I think I've at least shared with them. And they've done this, right? But maybe it's time for some of us to go back to some of those people. Hey, God's got on to me lately like, okay, those people you finally gave up on, it's time to go back to them. Because time is running out. You think I'm trying to scare you with words I'm saying right now? Have you read Revelation 8 and 9? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just a siren, you know? Let me ask you, who do you know that you have not shared the gospel with? Write the name down. Write some names down. We have pens in the back. You can go get a pen. If you get up right now and go get a pen, everybody will think you go to the bathroom. Just go ahead and do it. Verse 3. Verse 3 through 5. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumbling, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. So for quite some time now, the saints have been praying for God's judgment of evil. And the angel will sling the censer filled with fire from the altar to the earth and in response to these prayers and God's own desire for justice. See, God wants justice too. So lightning and thunder and the earthquakes, these are things to get the attention. And think about it. what are some things God has used already to get your attention to our attention? Uh, back in the day when my the family, when my dad got a car that first started with a fancy uh, engine lights coming on. And you kids, y'all don't know, they, are, they all come with it. They used to, didn't. But I remember the light would come on in my dad's car, and he couldn't figure out how to get that engine light off. And he did like, some of you guys know what I'm talking about now. He got some black electrical tape and just taped over that. That's funny. But what's sad is what some of us are doing when it comes to what God is sending warnings to us, and we're not heeding those warnings. We just turn, I don't want to hear that, and we go about our business. So I'm asking you this morning, if you're hearing, sounding my voice here, listen, don't put electrical tape over it. Verses 6 and 7. Now the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet and the and there followed hail and fire mixed from, with blood. And these were thrown upon the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up. And a third of the trees were burned up. And all green grass was burned up. 
So interesting note, here's seven angels who had seven trumpets. The first angel blows the first trumpet and it sets off a plague that was similar to the seventh plague on Egypt. Back in the book of Exodus, a destructive hill. Verse 8 and 9. The second angel blew his trumpet and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea and a third of the sea became blood and a third of the living creatures, creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. Something, something like a, a mountain, which is exactly what a giant rock, a meteorite, falling from the sky would look like to John, right? It looks like a mountain. I mean, you know, he, he's not watched the NASA channel, you know. It would cause disaster as it crashed into the sea. So whether this is the Mediterranean Sea or the oceans of the world, we have no idea. But such an event would cause great ecological upheaval and disaster. In this case, a third of the sea creatures died and a third of the ships destroyed. So I'm thinking it probably was just the Mediterranean Sea. The blood could be either the cause or the effect of the widespread death in the waterways of the world. Verses 10 and 11. The third angel blew his trumpet and a great star fell from heaven blazing like a torch and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of waters became Wormwood and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. Plain and simple. A great star fell from heaven blazing like a torch and it poisoned one third of the waters so that a lot of people died What's the difference between this water and that other water? I believe this easy. So this is the fresh water from rivers and springs and all that. Back in ancient days when they would have war and battles and countries trying to take over another country, the cities under siege often surrendered after their water supply was poisoned. Right? I mean... Right now, I'm, I hate to say it, but I mean, Russia's probably, they're trying to do everything they can to ooh, get the other country, Ukraine, to surrender and give in. And you don't really want to, because if you're taking over country, you don't want to mess up the water because, you know, you want to live there too one day. But it's kind of like a last thing to get somebody to surrender. Because you got to have water to survive, right? Life 101. The world is under siege and God seeks surrender. What will it take? What will it take to you today to surrender to God? Your faith is to surrender to God in what he wants you to do. What will it take? It's, it's the same today. God, God wants us to surrender to Christ as king. I've seen guys here this morning that a year or two ago, they had not surrendered. And they said, man, I came and I wasn't listening. I came, I came close a couple of times, but I, you know. But during the great tribulation, we see that the kid gloves are taken off. God's pushing for surrender. Surrender and be saved. Whether that's the great tribulation or right now, and I'm going to just tell you, it's a lot easier right now. 
if you want surrender during the age of grace when God's making it easy, what makes you think because somebody's holding a gun to your head, you're going to surrender? Verse 12. The fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of the, their light might be darkened, and a third of the day might be, cu- be kept from shining, and likewise a third of the night. Some suggest that the darkness is due to cities burned down. Look, I think it's more plain than that. Look, the sky is falling in, and all heaven has broken loose on earth. I believe we take the plain meaning of Scripture because God is doing some supernatural stuff here. The sun, the moon, and the stars have taken a hit, and the earth has become a dark and dreary place. think that's real. That's not a metaphor. But I think it is a good metaphor for today. You see, the earth is a dark and dreary place right now. As evil broods over it. Is this not enough of an attention getter that people cry out to God? You talk about now then, I'd say either one. If what's going on in the world right now is not enough attention that people would cry out to God. The same thing for them. Is it not enough? What will it take? I'm thinking, somebody's in here, has been close. You've really come close at times to coming to Christ, giving your heart, surrendering. But yet you fought it off like today. You might, you're going to try to even maybe uneasy right now. What will it take? Verse 13. Then I looked and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. So there's almost like this little pause, at least a line of demarcation set by each of the judgments. Like if you aren't moved or scared by fire and destruction and darkness... Maybe something more severe will compel you to repent. So an eagle, he's seen and heard by John crying with this loud voice, whoa, 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 preparing, preparing the earth dwellers for the next three trumpets as if you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, you thought that, oh, you thought that was bad. The message, turn to Christ while you still can. And so we move to Revelation chapter 9. The last three trumpets will speak of hell in terms of the demonic. Verse 1. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. The key was given to a he. I know we've been talking about stars and this and that, but this star is an entity. Many believe this star to be Satan. In Luke 10, 18, Jesus did see him fall like a star from heaven. Some think it may be just to be a bad angel. Some think it's a good angel just serving God's purpose. Note, though, the, the key is given. The key is given to this being. It's not like, if it's Satan, it's not like he's the custodian and he's got a whole bunch of keys. Oh, which one's the key to that? No, no. The key is given 
to this being, and it is given at a specific time and for a specific purpose that furthers God's plan. This angel, evil or good, serves God's purpose even if he doesn't intend to. Satan may think, oh, I'm doing all this stuff, but he's, he's not. Do you think Satan thought he was serving God's plan when Jesus was crucified? That backfired. Again, when things seem chaotic and out of control, God is still in control. Amen? Here's a reminder. Satan is not the master of hell. He is the victim of it. And you'll be no party in hell. And he ain't the party captain. He's never in control. He's a liar and a loser. So this place, the abyss, the abyssos in Greek, it's a very deep gulf or chasm in the lower parts of the earth used as the common receptacle of the dead and especially as the abode for demons. Considered a prison for certain demons. And if you were to write these verses down, Luke 8, 31, 2 Peter 2, 4, and Jude 6. This is probably the same place as this bottomless pit. Revelation 9, 2 says in, in verse 3, he opened the, sha the shaft of the bottomless pit and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened with smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth and they were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. So this is similar to the eighth plague of Egypt, except on steroids. Unlike the natural locusts in the eighth plague of Egypt, these by, they bypass plant life and they go after humans. So as, as part of the great tribulation, God allows hordes of demonic creatures to swarm on earth in the most destructive manner. They're they are cut loose from the abyss for such a time. And they're given strict orders as we read in Revelation 9, 4 through 11. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God in their foreheads. They were allowed to torment them for five months, a specific time, but not but not to kill them. And, and their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. And in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle on their heads, were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces. Their hair were like women's hair and their teeth like lion's teeth. They're really friendly looking creatures. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing in the battle. Man, they look spooky and they sound spooky. They have tails and stings like scorpions and their power to hurt people for five months is in their tails. They have as a king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. His name is in Hebrew, Abaddon and Greek, Apollyon. They're given power and they have limitations. The five months they can cause harm but not kill. And they do as they're told. 
They're not allowed to touch those who have been sealed by God. Only the unbelievers can be touched by these demonic spirits and they have a king over them. And they name him Abaddon or Apollyon. I mean, it's so bad they go ahead and tell it. John tells the Hebrew and the Greek name to make sure he's, he's not missed. It means destruction and the one who destroys. So since this is the king of these locusts, and since he has the name Apollyon, this is likely Satan himself or another high-ranking leader of demons. Doesn't really matter he's going to lose, right? Satan's demons war against his own people. If you think it's cool to follow Satan, I just get you need to know that he eats his own. And don't miss the whole purpose of this. Harming but not killing and time limit. It is so the people will respond in repentance. That is turned to God. God God is author of all this. He wants people still, he wants people to see. See what this guy's about. See what he's about. Turn to me. They want to die, it says, but they can't. It's absurd. Think about this. It's absurd that they would literally choose death over life. But haven't we all been there at one time or another? Everybody saw it. I, I'll just tell you, everyone has contemplated suicide. Whether it was a small thing or not, it has. And that's a lie, see? That's a lie from the devil to make you think that's an escape. The illusion given to man couldn't be more clear. They have the illusion that death is preferable, but death for the unbeliever ends in everlasting punishment. The Bible is clear on that. The Bible does not water that down. The idea of death as an escape is a demonic deception. I, I want to give you two lies that Satan uses against us. First of all, that death you die, that's that. Death would be better than this. This is what, this is what leads to suicide. He, he lies and tries to make people believe that to take a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Let me tell you something. There's nothing that you have been through or done that God cannot help you get through. So don't do that. It's a lie. So Satan takes a lot of people out like that. And the second one I want to give to you, propose to you, is procrastination. You're really close. You've come close maybe many times to surrendering it all, giving it all to Jesus, following Jesus, turning from yourself. You realize your old way, your ways are not working. You realize I'm repenting of that and I'm turning to Jesus. You've come really close many times, but you say, wait, wait, wait. In fact, you, what you're saying is heaven can wait. That's a lie. The, the devil doesn't care what you say. Yes, sir. if he can get you to hit the pause button, and then kill you off sometime later while you're on the pause button. We'll come back to that. Verses 12 through 14. The first woe has passed, and behold, two woes are still to come. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, had the trumpet, 
Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So that's the second woe. Ancient Israel's conquerors, Assyria and Babylon, they came from the Euphrates River. This river also marked the eastern boundary of Rome's dominion. This river represents what holds back chaos and violence. The release of the four destructive angels allows unprecedented bloodshed and suffering. So we see that the prayers of God's people play a large role in the end times drama. See, God answers prayers. Verses 15 through 19. So the four angels who have been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year. Now, this is uh, not the real date, okay? I'll just make sure I clear this. But I'm just saying there's a date for this, okay? It says, if we, say, if we were to say hypothetically, April 27th, 2023 at 3.45 p.m., that's what he's saying. There's, that's what he said. There's a day and an hour and a time that this is going to happen, okay? Right? This, God's got it. Again, I didn't just present a real date, okay? The number of mounted troops was, I'm just going to say it our way, 200 million. Verse 17, and this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They wore breastplates the color of fire and a sapphire and sulfur. And the heads of the horses were like lion's heads and fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths. By these three plagues, a third of mankind. You know what? You should really want to get saved today just to not be in all this. All right? I mean, I'm okay to just read about it. Y'all, I mean, I just read about it. Uh, I don't need to see the movie or the life action adventure. Uh, by these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouth and their tails. For their tails are like serpents with heads and by means of them they wound. By the way, if you heard a lot of stuff in the Bible and you think, well, this one's not going to come true. Let me tell you something. Everything so far has come true. You just go ahead, you hold out. Okay, I'm just saying. So it's getting worse and worse. 200 million is an extremely large army. But I will point out this. There's more than 200 million worshiping lamb. Amen. Just know that. And likely the mounted troops are demons, though some people think that they represent an actual human army. By these three plagues, a third of humankind, mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the sulfur coming out of their mouths. And I imagine these care whether it's a human army or demons. They're dying. In the previous woe, there was harm, but no deaths. Now people are dying. See these judgments, they're stepping up. It goes from a taste of death to destruction. Verse 20, the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the work of their hands nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood which cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. The summary of the response of the rest of the living they did not repent of the works of their hands or give up worshiping demons and idols, gold, silver, bronze, wood. They did not repent of their sins, of murdering. You know, Jesus says, if you hate, you murder. 
sorceries, and sorceries is where we get our word from pharmace- pharmaceuticals, drugs. It's, it's talking about drugs and sexual immorality and thefts. What we see here is they did not give up on their sin. Oh, people give up on God, won't they? But they'll die in their sin. We give up easy on God. But praise God, he doesn't give up on us easy. You see, even in judgment, God is trying to push the people towards repentance. That's the purpose of it. The whole world is living in rebellion against God and they are being tortured by the demonic spirits that they are worshiping. You see, we're sold this bill of goods that drugs equals escape, alcohol abuse equals escape. It's a lie. And those things end up torturing us, right? You know people, maybe you've been tortured by these things, right? And you're, if it was you or you're somebody you know and you can't, you're like, why would you even do that? Because it owns the person. What was supposed to be an escape was a lie from the devil and they wake up and it owns them. Let me tell you, it does not have to end that way. I'm going to tell you, we've got, even in our church, we've got a thing, a lot of churches have something like Celebrate Recovery, which is to help you through these kind of things. Don't let sin have the last word. Don't let the lies of the devil own you. So that made me pause and think, what priority is God to the world today? At best, I thought, one day a week. And that's if the sun isn't out and if it's not raining too bad, right? The world is unfazed by all heaven breaking loose on them as God uses Satan's evil to serve his judgment purposes. I love how God kicks in the point of how all of these idols that men worship are made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, and they cannot see, hear, or walk. Yet men follow them around. God highlights this ridiculousness in Isaiah 44 as he talks about a carpenter cutting out, taking a piece of wood and carving out things that he uses and then out of the scraps making a God to worship. Uh, Verses 16 and 17 of that, he says, half of it he burns in the fire, Over over the half he eats meat, he roasts it and is satisfied. Also he warms himself and says, ah, I'm warm, I've seen the fire. And then the rest of it, ah, what am I gonna do with this? He makes it into a little G God, his idol. And then he says, God says, and he falls down to worship it and he prays to it and he says, deliver me, you are my God. How foolish, how crazy, how bizarre that is, but yet that's what people do. What are you worshiping now? So what are we to make of all this judgment and destruction. I mean, right here in 2022. How, how are we to respond to this? If you are saved and you, you have made Jesus Lord of your life, how do you respond to this? If you're here today and you're like, I don't know what saved means, maybe I'm on the other side. If you're unsaved, well, how do you respond to this? Well, listen, the heat gets turned up 
And, and it's by the very one they worship, Satan, and people of the world still don't repent because even in the world falling apart at the seams environment, they still love the world more than they love God. You ever been mad at God? Two things I said this morning that everybody does has in common. You have thought about suicide, whether you, how far you went, you have thought about it. And then you've been mad at God. Here's what God wants you to do. When you're mad at God, he wants you to come to him. Go to him. Right? Because I'm going to tell you, first of all, he didn't do it. And he can help you out of it. You see, here's the thing. If by chance I've done something to you or you think I did something to you, I would rather you come to me about that. Because I assure you, I probably didn't do it. And if I did, I need you to call me out on it and let's talk about it. And you know what? We'll solve it, right? For me, that has happened 100% of the time. If anybody's come to me, we've talked about that. No problem. The problem is the ones that don't come to me, right? Right? They go to somebody else. Oh, I did this. And like, you know, if they just come to me, and wouldn't you like people to come to you if they're mad at you? Right? So let's all agree to do that. But here, let me tell you something. God is the same, only better. He wants us to come to him. He wants you to come to him with whatever. He's a big God. He's, he is the big daddy. I don't know if you had a good relationship with your dad or not, but we all want a big bad daddy. I'm having flashbacks. I'm having flashbacks when somebody had attempted something on me in the neighborhood and my dad found out he went after him. He said he won't be coming in this neighborhood anymore. That's why we go to God. He can handle it. The reality is that people do what they want to do. Such stubbornness knows no repentance then or now. If you're going to be that stubborn, let me, let me just say something. Be honest with this morning. If you're here today and we welcome you, if you're an atheist, agnostic, not yet convinced that Jesus Christ should be your Lord and Savior or you're a hedonist, you just love doing stuff too much, you got pleasure of life, just be honest. You're not open to the gospel. You don't want to hear it because you don't want to change your life. Just tell the truth. Just be honest about it. Don't make up some excuse. You see, that's our beastly nature. And that's probably, maybe that's why we're going to take, that's maybe why you will take the bark of the beast because it's got that beastly nature. We all got a little me, me in us, don't we? We all got a little bit of it in us. We fight that. Look, there is no hope for folks that are so entrenched into me worship. There's no hope. I see y'all putting your pins down because one of my blanks didn't hit. So you pull your pins back out. This is, you have to write this one down. Those who are buried so steep in the disillusionment of this world will not make it into the kingdom of God. I'll, I'll say that again. 
those who are buried so steep in the disillusionment of this world will not make it into the kingdom of God. And right now, the, the, it, the door is wide open. Jesus is saying, come on, this is the church age. It's called the age of grace. Come on in. God invites us today with his amazing grace. And he will even try to direct folks away from that doom in that day. Let me ask you, are you listening to the voice of God? And the number one way God speaks to humans is through his holy word. That's why it's a blessing to read Revelation and you're reading about all this and so you're going to avoid all this. That's why it's a blessing. For those hogtied by the disillusionment of the world, let me just tell you, you will never have enough money. You'll never have enough power. You'll never get enough sex. You'll never have enough drugs. You'll never... The car you drive will never be good enough. The house that you live in is not your dream home. The next one is. It's just the way it goes. And all of those things are to distract you from making Jesus Christ the king of your life. Because I'm over here doing all these other things, always chasing all these other things instead of making Jesus Christ the king of my life. Now, listen, there's no, there's no better calm before the storm than right now. Oh, you can wait till the tribulation. But I'm telling you, the calm before the storm, the holy vacuum is right now. It's really kind of quiet right now compared to what that's going to be. There's no better time to turn from sin and to turn to Jesus Christ than right now. And because, you know, what he, 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 he invites you to come to him. You, you repent of your sins and there's no questions asked. How about that? Huh? How about that? Right? And would you like something you did this last week? last month, last year, 10 years ago, and you, you like to get it right, and wouldn't you like to be able to go to somebody and go, hey, look, I don't need to confess this, but no questions asked, right? And he says, come on in. You see, God is that, and he knows because you confess, he already knows. I'm going to leave us with this. There's those two lies. Death is an escape. That's a lie. It's not an escape. If you don't know Jesus, it leads to, leads to everlasting punishment. Oh, it's a cool thought that I, I can do whatever I want in this life and just die, and that's that. Or I come back as a rabbit or something else. I mean, it's a lie. And the second one, that whole procrastination thing. You're really close this morning. We're about to go eat. Forget about it. I'm almost out of here. Butt clenched and everything right now on the edge of my seat. Fist, white knuckles. Oh, God, I feel you. He's going to shut up in just a second. And I'm out of here one more time. He says procrastination. The devil just saying you put it off. You can put it off. Fine. Procrastination is saying heaven can wait. What we've heard this morning is heaven ain't going to wait. Oh, it's coming. The judgment is coming. Now, the intention of that judgment is to draw us to him. Praise God. But I'm just telling y'all, here in the age of grace, that's the hard way. And if you just heard the gospel, which you just did, you're going to come under strong delusion and you will not be saved. Then, he's going to go after a whole group of people that maybe haven't even heard yet. I'm shaking. This is, I can't. I plead for you. Whatever next step you need to take, you need to do that today.
Now is your time to respond. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. We know that that's what happened this morning, and we hope and we pray that you know that as well, that we didn't speak words of men this morning. We looked at the Word of God, the, the inspired Word of God, and we talked about that. And we know that whenever that happens, whenever people come together and we hear the Word of God, God is working in us. He's changing us. And we, we hope that you are ready to take some next steps as a follower of Jesus, maybe a first step as a follower of Jesus. And we've tried to make those next steps easy. So you can either go to our website, livingtruthchurch.com and fill out the connect card, which will have some different options for things that God may be prompting you to do. Or you can download our app in the app store, Living Truth Church, and go to the next steps tab in the app. And there's some options with, with different things that God may be prompting you to do or pushing you to do. But whatever it is, we pray that you will take that next step as a follower because we, we believe that if we're coming together and we're hearing God's word and he's trying to, to mold us into to look more like him, then if we leave here unchanged, we've wasted our time. We, we know that if God's word is proclaimed, we should be different. And so we hope that you'll take those next steps and we would love to come alongside you as you take those steps. Um, right now, I just ask that you'll join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that we have together to look at your word and, and we thank you for your presence. God, I pray that you'll move in the hearts and lives of every person that's engaging with us this morning online. We pray that they'll leave here different than when they got here. God, we know that it's only you that can do that. God, and so we ask you to do what only you can do. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Y'all have a great week.